It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with Dan the coach and Jackie the skater. The fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. If you're hearing any kind of funny noise in the background, it is because we have been joined today by my chocolate lab, Lily. Lily, would you like to say hi? She's sniffing the microphone. I don't know if you can hear this. <gasps> Lily, are you excited? Are you excited? She's actually a very quiet dog, but she was panting a little bit with happiness, so it was really funny. And not only am I joined by my loyal companion, Lily, I also have my other loyal companion, Coach Dan, co-host on today's episode about feedback. How are you doing, Coach Dan? Hey, I just woke up. I got dragged into my own office. There's a mic in my face. I've been told his derby brain needs a few minutes to warm up, but we found out uh, by... I had to jump on Facebook so that I could play our new theme song for our, our duo-hosted episodes. We found out today in his memories, six years ago today, you coached your first game. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, that was... I guess exactly six years ago today, I believe we lost by 400 points, something like 413 that, to 17. Yeah, that, that I, sounds about right. I think that's about, about right. the right score. I remember um, a borrowed skater uh, crashing into the other team's bench during introductions. Yeah, I remember that. And we knew <laughs> that it was going to be a long day. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So uh, you only get one first game. Uh, this was one that we were on. We got on a bus and traveled six or seven hours to as well. Oh yes, at least, at least. Um, so you only, you only, you only get one first game. That was mine. And that was that was the game. <laughs> uh, so to give Dan just a little bit of a chance to warm up, uh, I'm going to share a few stories from the week that are relevant to the topics we've been talking about lately. Uh, today we're going to be talking about feedback, asking for feedback, giving feedback, receiving feedback. I think that these are very important things to jump into. But we've been on a journey lately of mindset in terms of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and changing from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And specifically, I want to talk about uh, how you react to mistakes, because I did some doozies this week. And I feel I just want to give myself a little pat on the back for how I reacted because I need that sometimes. And I'm hoping that you have some success stories out there in the Derbyverse as well. Maybe you want to share them with me on any of the socials because I would like to hear about them. The first, you all probably know already, if you listened to the last episode, I jump into a story talking about that figure skater I met. And just when I talk about like what I said to her, an ad played, <laughs> a really loud ad played. <laughs> so I, 
wow, what a tease you must think I am. Like I trolled you guys so hard by, and then the story was, I, I was selling you something that obviously not what I meant to do at all. So I'm, I'm listening back to the episode and this happens. And my reaction was literally like, no, 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 no. Like it just, and my face got really warm and I was listening and I'm like, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. I wrote down the timestamp. Perfect. How did I screw this up? And I realized, well, you didn't actually go listen to make sure it played right, did you? No, I didn't. Well, then that's on you. And as I listened to the ad, I, I actually was just overcome by how funny it all was. And I decided, you know what? I could drop everything I'm doing in my life right now and try to go back and fix this because it's because normally it would bother me and it would it would be just this this blemish on my episode that needed to be fixed but I think it's actually kind of hilarious and I'm just leaving it I I, <laughs> I just don't care enough I'm I'm really okay with it like ah you goofed not going to do that again going to do better going forward ha <sighs> and I feel just so much more healthy about it my other goof from this week was I overslept and arrived at boot camp without uh, shoes I could work out in. So I just asked the guy, like, hey, can I work out in my socks? And he's like, yeah, we're not doing sleds today. That's fine. And I said, cool. And I did my workout. And it didn't have to be a thing. I didn't have to turn around and go back to the house because, man, it was a long drive. And it was fine. Everything was great. It didn't have to be a big deal, and I did not beat myself up. So I'm, I'm just going to give myself a hug right now because, go Jackie, you are overcoming your your own mind and getting stronger every day. Yeah, you you are a strong, independent woman. You don't need no hug from me. You give no, yourself a hug. I, I give myself a hug. Ma, yeah. I don't need your hugs. And no, no. I'll hug take necessary. a hug later though. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> so. I'm really excited about this topic. We actually came up with the idea to talk about it a long time ago, but kind of wanted to get a little bit more into the season. And now this is just the perfect time for the flow of the conversation of the podcast, because we've been talking about how to react to criticism on the episodes. And when I say we, it's been like me talking to everyone else. But I have been getting a lot of messages from people, and it's really nice to hear uh, how how this is affecting you, that the stories are relatable. Thank you for that feedback. It's been really helpful. I, I really enjoy that. So we're going to dive into the first part, asking for feedback. Let's start with something simple. Who should you even ask when you need feedback as a skater? I, th I think the easy choice is basically the people who are there the most. Like your your leaders. Um, yeah, most teams will have pretty at least it should be pretty clear the more that you're there who you're supposed to ask questions to. From the very first minute you walk in, if you are asking questions that have to do with paperwork and they're like talk to so and so or answer so and so, it's we've we've said before that don't be afraid to ask questions. Um and it should be pretty clear most of the time when asking for feedback, the people who want to interact with you, we said before, probably not the one making an angry face and not interacting much with new skaters, and probably yes to the one who is 
trying to organize the drills, run the drills, asking you how you're doing or interacting you with the most is usually a good place to start. Um, do you have something on this? Yeah, I would definitely say if you're looking for help with skills, strategy, anything that helps you become a better skater, you, you want someone to just watch you and see if you're doing something right, I think um, you can easily go to veteran skaters who appear sociable. <laughs> Somebody who is willing to talk to you, who's been at this for, for a little while, uh, because the coaches and the captains are usually running the whole practice. They might not always have time for the little minutia. For, so for those little moments where you just need a little, a little suggestion, a little question, I think asking the people around you who seem to know what's up is a good way to go, especially if they seem open to it. But then sometimes you've got bigger picture questions like, do you think I have a shot at being a jammer this season? Uh, what do I need to do? to uh become a pivot like how am, like sometimes you need to come to somebody who is a little bit higher up who's looking at the whole team and that would be your coaches and captains so when's the best time to approach a coach van from your point of view well i i would assume everybody's different so timing, I, I assume we take this question because timing is important. Uh, if you, so if you have a question about whether or not you're going to be on a roster, like the day before the roster is announced, it's a really bad time to discuss that, to be honest. Um, well, then let's, let's make it more specific. What do you do as a coach to try and make yourself available to players who might want to come talk to you? Like, how do you set that situation up? Uh, what like you you are very open about letting our team know about how when whatever they should do to contact you you're pretty specific uh yeah yeah that's um let's hear the list let's hear the spiel you give our team <laughs> because i think it's a good spiel and it might help other people and then we can kind of go off from there right i i have a few ways of giving feedback and being being available uh for one thing if they want to contact me i only have Facebook Messenger for Roller Derby. So I encourage them to use Facebook Messenger or direct text me if they have something like that. I don't like taking emails for one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, because I just have too many emails every day that are work-related. And my coaching brain, just like it needs to warm up here today, needs to warm up to give good feedback too. But then there's two other uh, systems for sort of quick feedback questions or just talking about practice or how, I don't know, how their body is doing, if they're mm -hmm. hurt or limited. I shoot baskets off to the side away from where the team is gearing up and getting ready. And that's partially me thinking about what I'm going to do with practice. And that's partially, hey, come over and talk to me away from everybody else if you want to. And I do that before practice, and I try to do it after practice. So if anybody wants to approach me and talk about a thing away from the group, that they can do that. So that's open. But the one that is probably the best for, like, kind of the most, um, I would say, direct coach skater feedback is I offer that if somebody wants me to, I will write a... What do they call it? They've called it like the dossier or the manifesto. But anyway, <laughs> what I will do is if they ask me for it, if, if they tell me that I want feedback on my game, how to improve or how to fit into the team, I will say, okay, 
give me a week. And for the next practice or two, I will try to pay special attention as much as possible to what that player is doing. And then at some point over the week, I'll go home and I'll take like an hour to type out where the skater is athletically, where they are in terms of skills and skating skills for the different positions on the team, how they fit into the team, and how I see them interacting with their teammates. So it's usually like a like a two and a half to three, sometimes four pages that I type up in a Word doc. I type it all up for them and I put it in writing. Um, then I put it in a one of those free priority mail envelopes you can grab at the post office and I seal it and I write their name on it and I hand it to them at practice so they can take it home and read it whenever, however they want to. Because as I'm sure we'll get into more in this cast, yes. feedback is a very personal thing and I've made probably every mistake you can make when giving a skater feedback to make it awkward or feel personal or just basically take them out of the role that you try to establish with them so that there's trust so that they take what you say uh and put it to work um i've probably made every single mistake that way all right before we get into the giant topic that is going to be the middle bulk of our podcast where we talk about giving feedback mistakes best practices all the things we've learned. The last thing I want to say about asking for feedback is it really helps to ask for specifics when you come to your coaching captain and ask for feedback. Because how am I doing is like so totally vague and you can really help out this person who has a whole bunch of people to think about by saying something like, I've been working really hard on my endurance to become a better jammer. Do you think I have a shot at being in the rotation this year? Or I'd like to be trusted in the role as pivot for the team. What do I need to work on to earn the team's trust? You know, uh, like what do I need to do to get on the roster this year? I'm on the edge and I really want to make it. I really want to play in a game by this month because my parents are going to be in town. Like, what do I need to do? Like that sort of information really helps out a coach and it gives them an idea of where your brain is at and what your goals are because then they can help you achieve them and kind of help you put a plan in place so that you can move forward on your journey. So next we're gonna talk about giving feedback, but before we do that, just a super quick sponsor break that helps support the podcast. Please listen and we'll be right back. And we are back. We are talking about giving feedback in this middle section. So before we get into um, really a whole plethora of stories we could get into, I think we have to narrow it down. I would like to just ask a basic question to the audience here. Do you have the right to give feedback anytime you want? <laughs> Dan, do you, you're raising your hand. Do you have an answer to the question? I totally know the answer to this question. Please tell me. I'd love to hear your derby thoughts. The answer is no. <laughs> oh, well then, you know what? That leads right into one of my stories. So we'll start with one of my stories and then you can consider your stories and okay. read through them. I'll be, I'll be over here considering. Okay. So let's say you're a roller derby skater and you've gotten past 
your skills, you have started playing in games, and guess what happens? A few months later, the next group of fresh meat comes in, the next group of rookie skaters, and you suddenly think you know everything and want to help everyone because you're a totally loving and giving person, but sometimes too much information is simply too much information, and they cannot digest what is going on with their bodies as it is, so you giving them more, not always the best. <laughs> Maybe just let a couple of the people in charge try to do most of the leading there and just do little things here and there. If you follow a person around and go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, they are never going to become the roller derby skater they would like to be. You're actually getting in the way while you're trying to help. Uh, another portion of this is the interesting thing that happens when you become a leader on your team. This happened to me a few years later. I was elected as a captain to my brand new team I had just transferred to, and I felt I suddenly had the right to give everyone feedback because obviously they wanted it from me. You know, I'm, I'm the captain, I, I know so much, right? I should just be dishing out information. And I swear, I, I think I had something to say to every person, every practice maybe even every drill, I was relentless. And it was not a good way to foster a good relationship with my teammates. It was just overload. And the most important thing is, do you have permission from the person you're trying to give feedback to, to give this feedback? Um, I've talked about this before on a different episode, but I call this the vampire clause. You know, um, if a vampire shows up at your door, they knock and they ask to be invited in because that's the only way that they can they can come in. Uh, you have to do that with feedback. If, if you would like to get in there and um, attack that person with kindness, you have to be invited in. <laughs> oh, I broke Dan. <laughs> I'm just vicious. Ah, I love you. Um. If, only I, if only I thought of feedback that way. Yeah, I literally, like, I'm just, like, hanging out, like, hey. Uh, <laughs> so what I've learned from this experience is you must ask. So anytime I see somebody struggling with something and I think I have something that might help them out, I will just quietly go over them and be like, hey, um, I have an idea that might help you. Do you mind if I share it? Or, you know, would you be interested in uh, my approach to doing this in case it helps you, even though we're completely different people, this might be helpful. Like, just just leave it super open. Be like, you can have this gift if you want it, but you don't need to take it. It is, it's not a disease. <laughs> I think that's really good advice for skater to skater. Yes. Now, I'm going to add kind of the coach side because coaches, it's a little bit different because somewhere probably growing up playing sports early or just like the stigma that comes with a relationship between a player and the coach players are expected to take feedback from their coach like it, it it's like socially expected mm -hmm. you know or you believe it is for example if you just joined a team and there was a coach and they wanted to give you feedback would you feel kind of bad if you were like no i don't want that right now wouldn't that feel a little weird yeah, I think people in positions of authority, you 
automatically give them respect until there's a reason not to. And uh, yeah, you, you usually would listen. Right. So if I approach a skater and I ask to be let, let in like you do, like you do, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, they would probably say yes, but they might not mean yes, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a hurdle. As, as a coach, I always first come up to the skater and ask how they're doing. And I read the reaction. Is it something they want to talk about right away? Is, it, is their face is their face screaming terrible? <laughs> but you know, um, uh, and obviously, my relationship with the player matters. We have certain players on the team. I feel completely comfortable pulling them aside and talking about something anytime because they've asked me for feedback so much. I know that they would rather have feedback than, you know, be in their own world. And then there are other skaters that I know. A hundred percent when they can take feedback and when they can't. But I, I learned this whole thing because I often ask rather than, you know, can I give you a little tip right now? Cause I don't think they'll ever say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that they'll hear me if I give it. So I always ask how they're doing and I try to gauge where they're at mentally right now. And then I kind of make a determination of, well, I think you're doing a really good job. And I walk away and I save that for later. Or I, proceed with feedback you know Mm -hmm. or um if they go right it away into oh god this hurts and this hurts and so and so is sick and you know all the things that can come up Mm -hmm. then i'm just like well i really appreciate you being here don't overthink everything just try to have some fun you know Mm -hmm. try to go do some skating and get it out of your system that's that's my approach to it because as a coach yes there's a thing out there in the world that says this is our job mm-hmm. that to give feedback. Like, and therefore, if you have become a coach, if you have been elected a coach or given the position of coach or had any kind of title placed on you, you are now oh, allowed <laughs> to present the feedback, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I find that that's a very, that's not a very good way to go about things as now I am coach, I will give feedback. Most of you, out there come at it from a very good place, you coaches and captains, where you gave a fresh meat skater like a little tip mm-hmm. and it worked, right? And you get that feeling of like, oh, they're doing it. I it, did something. Yeah, my advice helped. helped this person. And that person says, I couldn't have done it without your advice. And like, <gasps> that you know. That is so much power, isn't and, it? <laughs> oh, it's a trip, right? And it's a great feeling for a good reason. You did a great thing, but somebody, but it's often gets in your head that this is, oh, this is what coaches and captains do all the time. Cause maybe your coach or captain at some point did it for you as well. You know, when you needed a tip or advice, but when you get into your head that this is the job and you then set about becoming a captain so you can go around doing the job and you are giving everybody advice. Well, we have your story, right? A little bit of full circle. Yeah. And it, it is more complicated, I think, that when you're a captain as opposed to a coach because a coach is generally somebody elected by the group as this is going to be an authority figure for us, not because we want them to tell us what to do all the time, but because we want them to oversee and help us from an outside perspective because they're seeing everything. And then you have a captain who is also a skater. And the tough part about that is skaters are on equal footing with each other 
And if you're pushing your weight around all the time, it's going to be really troublesome. <laughs> really troublesome. Can't stress that enough. Because some people maybe aren't happy you became a captain and do not want to hear from you at all. That is a possibility, <laughs> but it's also possible they are all happy you became captain until you started whispering in their ear of things they could and should be doing better every time they skate. That is also possible. <laughs> yeah. So those are all risks if you become somebody who's a little over-occupied with the development of every person all the time. So you talked about some of the things you go into when a skater asks for... They basically are asking for a checkup when they talk to you about mm -hmm. the feedback style you use where it's the paper and the priority mail envelope. You, you kind of like... It's like you took the car in and the mechanic looked at it and then like gives you an overhaul of everything that, you know, maybe could use some work. <laughs> am I am I using this properly as an analogy? Yeah, I, I think so. Although there's a long history of 80s songs <laughs> using women as cars and I don't want to go there. No, but, let's okay, not. Let's, let's not. not do that. <laughs> Human beings are not cars. <laughs> That's right. OK, go on. I think we I think we know it. I think we know where this is going and hopefully where it is not going. <laughs> good, good. We we all have our, we have best intentions at heart here. Um, so, can you go into that just a little bit more about like some of the things you really look like try to help them with when you like maybe some more examples of some things you might point out or like okay. some strategies you might encourage them to take in their development. Sure. Because all of this, once you've handed it to them, is going to be optional. It's all going to be, you've given them information that they can do with whatever they want, but you've just provided information. That's right. Um, the first paragraph is usually a sum up of strengths that I see in them and uh, where they fit into the team right now. And basically, I try to warm it up with a lot of the things that they do very well, because I know very well that reading a lot of criticism is hard. And so I tr always try to keep it on a positive note to remind them where they started and what they are doing well at. And uh, hopefully, if I know something about them, remember, we ask our team for goals and the mm -hmm. goals get shared with me. So if I know something about, say, why they're in roller derby or what goals they've checked off, I try to mention something about that, too. So that's like the first paragraph. My second paragraph is uh, Skater XYZ. I'll use your name for the purpose of this example. I've never actually had one of these, so I'm really curious what goes in the magic envelope. <laughs> All right. So um, the very so it's, then comes uh, paragraph one is Jackie the athlete. Mm -hmm. I talk about where you are at athletically in terms of endurance and fitness compared to the rest of the team. Okay. Um, also in this is where I mention attendance. If you are a skater with subpar attendance, I mentioned how this affects your, you athletically. So this is a part where I go into my spiel about how almost everything I write, you know, from this point forward mm -hmm. is really, it's not going to work very well if you don't commit yourself athletically and commit yourself to attendance. Because if you're not there, you can't improve, really. You, Derby is such a weird game. Right. And if you don't have, like, the athletic endurance, you won't be able to achieve, like, the skills you might need work on in a game when you're tired, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, derby is such a unique game. If you're not there practicing it, you can't really get the derby experience any other way. 
you have to be out there with other skaters doing these specific moves. So the next part is for, um, I would say, Jackie the Jammer. And I would write about your skills in jamming, your strengths and stuff like that. Uh, so if if jamming was a big part of your goal, this would be a very long section. If jamming was not a serious goal for you, it would be just a quick, like, here's kind of something that is always there that you could work on, and here's why you might be good at it, but I, it all depends. Mm -hmm. And then the next part would be Jackie the Blocker. I would write about all of your blocking tendencies, skills, and where you fit into walls, who you work best with most of the time, and things of that nature. And then the last part would be about um, Jackie the teammate, where I would write about your interactions with your teammates, how they see you, how your captains see you, who trusts you, why they trust you, or why they don't, if that's the feedback I've received from others when we discuss you on bout day. As we talked about back in our episode about getting playing time, really it's not about all the time about what your coach thinks of you. Mm -hmm. Often it's what your teammates think of you. If you're on a, what I would call a team that, in my opinion, is doing it the right way. It's about teammate trust, not one coach's opinion. So I make sure to emphasize that many times, but I also make sure I'm not using that as a cop-out, as in my opinion doesn't matter. You need to work on these people. I try to write about, this is what your captains see. This is, and I usually share their, like, I'm in touch with, I'm in touch with my captains on that kind of stuff a lot. Like, I know why if so-and-so isn't getting votes to be on a roster, I, I talk to them about why is that? Tell me what they need to do because then I take that back as when they need feedback, when they want, you know, when they get upset that they didn't get on the roster, I have something for them. I'm not a blank slate saying go talk to Captain so-and-so. So you just kind of um, save that information for later because you want to wait until the skater asks for it because we're not just going to jump on somebody and attack them with feedback. There's usually two scenarios. One is they ask for the feedback, mm -hmm. and I've got it for them. The other is they're angry, and they're, oh. like, lashing out on social media, or they go sit in the corner at practice because they didn't make a roster. And in those moments, I will approach, and I will ask for permission, and I will have some things ready for them if they're ready to hear it. Mm -hmm. So that's those are the two scenarios there's the you know hopefully they come to me and want that feedback but there's also they're out there fighting with it and i try to extend a hand to try to help that sounds really good mm -hmm. um the last thing i want to say about this section is something i've learned it's not just a derby thing this is like this could be a workplace thing this is anytime uh you know employee employer family members Oh, especially family members. Um, if you are giving feedback, try to avoid using absolutes like always and never because it's going to take away the opportunity for that individual to grow. And it Im will often trigger a defensive reaction. Like if you say to somebody, for example, you're always late to practice or you're never in the right place to take a star pass when the jammer needs you, the first thing that person's usually going to be thinking is like, no, I'm not. Like the, they'll, some, they'll be racking their brain for times that they were on time to practice and moments that they were extending their hand and the jammer didn't see them because they don't want to see themselves as, as somebody who is, you know, 
not on time or inconsiderate to the jammer or whatever the situation is like they don't want to see themselves that way so they're immediately like no that's not a thing i do so i would suggest trying to use different language and that would be like you are often late to practice like oftentimes i do see this often is a safer word than always <laughs> and rarely is a safer word than never because it allows for some wiggle room and they might be more likely to actually hear what you're saying instead of shutting down immediately because you've used a term that has no wiggle room at all and makes them jump to feeling like they're a bad person because of all the things that we've been working on. And in the next section, we're going to talk about your reactions and avoiding getting crazy defensive, what we can do about this, how to take feedback in a constructive, healthy way where we can really get something out of this. And first, we're going to have a real quick break where you can find out how you can support the podcast with our Threadless store. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates, like our Apex Predator T-Rex or jam llama to messages like roller derby strong and my mom plays roller derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E dot threadless.com. Thank you for your support and back to our show. And we're back. I am really excited about the store right now because we released some new designs. Uh, we've got some new like Hawaii style designs in the store. There's a really cool signpost design from one of my teammates. And the one that is getting the most social media traction is our sloth roller derby shirt. As adorable sloth laying in a hammock, wearing little skates on the little sloth feet. And it says sloth roller derby naps before laps. This does not mean that I'm saying we all should be lazy roller derby players because you know I don't mean that. You've been listening to this podcast, but I am encouraging we should be well-rested roller derby players before we attempt laps so that we can be our best. Okay? Wink, wink. We're not, we're not lazy. We're just going to be well-rested first. Cool? Cool. All right. Coach Dan's on board with the sloth. I, Sure. All right. So now we're going to talk about receiving feedback. I, I, I quickly want to remember, okay, back in the day, Coach Dan and I took theater together. Uh, we were in a lot of shows in our university where we met. Mm -hmm. And there was a policy there. Uh, after every practice, everyone had to get out their notebook, and it was time for, for notes, which was our feedback. And basically, the director would go like page by page through the script and like look for any notes that they wrote down during practice. And if you didn't want to be there for three hours, when somebody gave you a note, like, I need you to be louder when you say this, you just say, okay, and you write it down and we move on to the next note. Like if they ever say anything that makes you question it, write down your question, 
come back to it later. <laughs> and if you have an argument, you're like, no, that's not what happened. Like I was trying to do this. Just don't, we will all be there forever. Like just anytime you're getting the feedback, what I want to say from this is first thought be okay. Just be like, all right, the sentence is in the air. It has happened. Just, just be like, okay, just accept that this feedback has occurred and don't fight it right away. Just, just let it, just write it down. That's my first bit of, of receiving uh, feedback. This, this, so the, the, <laughs> uh, the theater analogy, I don't know if everybody is going to get this, but God, if you could right now. So picture <laughs> the entire cast of a play or movie, I guess, gathered on the stage. It, it could be with, 60 people. Yeah, it could be 60 people just sitting on a stage with notebooks. The director, the one person, is sitting in the audience, an empty theater, with a huge just legal pad of notes and just reading them one by one, addressing each person. Uh, you know, Gina, more of this, Dan, less of that, and just going down this list for what felt like forever. And you just wait to hear your name called to see what you know what, what you get you, need to do. you take it and you say nothing i i would i would love just as a social experiment to just try running a derby team this way one time oh god it would be so horrible but a lot of coaches i feel like don't realize how close to this they are as far as the director who just wants you as, to... As far yeah. as being the director who reads the feedback and just wants the player to take it mm -hmm. and then go on to the next one. Like doing it like an assembly line. I think that it's a very... God, in hindsight, I, I don't think it's... I, I think it's the best way to get what the director feels transferred, but I don't think it's the best way to improve. Yeah, I, I feel like what I got out of that the most was learning how to hold my tongue and not fight things I disagreed with. Like it, w it was more of a, a battle of um, self-control yes. because you always, you would be very tempted to elaborate on something or try to explain what you were going for when they didn't think you were doing the thing that you thought you were doing, but they actually don't want to hear it in that moment. No. It's one of those things where you are always better off like trying to catch them later and then you could have a real discussion about it if it really warranted that. And and what was always the aftermath, right? The actors would get the hell out of there because it was the last thing we did. It's and like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> if we went to get food or hung out together at all, all we would do is complain back and forth that the director doesn't understand us. They don't get what we're trying to do. What do you think what they meant the by this? That? And I uh, got, if we have no notes, we're still like, I have no direction. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I'm doing well. I guess I'll just keep doing the same exact thing I've been doing because I haven't gotten any feedback. Yeah, It was, it, it, it was always just a spiral. And I don't, like I said, I don't think it's the way to improve, but uh, go on. Sorry. This story just takes me back. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really tell you I was going to be uh, talking about this, but um, there are going to be people who give you feedback who have not listened to the first two parts of this podcast. They're, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying we are the, the be all end all like providers of knowledge here, but you are going to meet 
a lot of people who have the best intentions. They are seriously devoted to your team. They show up. They have a lot of caring, but maybe they don't communicate well. And so that's going to be on you to try and interpret what they're saying in the best way possible. Because if they want to change their communication style, that's going to be up to them. You probably can't do that for them. But what you can do is control your reaction to it and figure out how to make it better. I'm going to tell an example of a story from my life. So I was a captain, um, and this day at practice, it was the week of a game, and um, this is where things really went wrong for me <laughs> in this season and this team. And what happened was uh, we were scrimmaging. It was game week, and the coach's ultimatum to everybody was no takeout hits. Let's work on controlling ourselves. Like, he didn't want everyone get, laying out jammers, laying out each other. Didn't want any injuries this week. Wanted to be ready for the game. Just wanted to work on scrimmage control. And this skater kept taking out my very tired jammer. I was not the jammer. I was a blocker. And the person who was jamming for my team was dead tired and every time they stood up, they would just get knocked down. Picture a zombie jammer. Uh, this person was practically helpless and uh, not like responding to the star pass thing. And it was just another hit on this person. Like this had been going on like throughout the practice. And this was just the jam where I couldn't take it anymore because I felt like this person was just getting beat up too much by this other person. And I said, after this big hit, no takeout hits. I said it just about that loud and about 10 feet from the person with about that inflection. And the person who did the hitting had a huge reaction to me, blew up, had an emotional scene, um, basically went off, uh, skated off, was like kind of yelling crying. I, I was confused <laughs> as to why my reaction got like my, to what I had said had gotten this big of a reaction. And the coach told all of us to just do laps for the rest of practice, which was a few minutes long while this person, um, went over to the coach and just proceeded to yell about me the whole time, things about me that they didn't like about me in earshot of the entire team. And he did not, this coach did not try to stop it. He did not try to get to a quieter room. He allowed it to happen. He was trying to calm her down. And I just had to skate and deal with it. And it, it was just making, the whole thing was making me feel awful because I just didn't know what was going on anymore. And this is the point where after everyone was done skating, the coach basically like yelled my name, called me over, and then he was going to chew me out in front of everyone for what I had said. And this was the point where I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> the thing I said shouldn't have gotten that big a reaction. She went off. I don't know why she went off. And now you want to go off on me too? And 
this was a coach I was having a troubled relationship with. And this was the time where I lost respect for this coach because this is a conversation I thought should have occurred at a normal volume behind closed doors. Like, if you want to talk to me, if you're not happy with something I did, let's talk about it like adults in a closed room. You do not have to chew me out in front of everybody. You do not have to have an emotional reaction because you have an emotional attachment to this player in your personal life. And it was just like a whole thing. But my reaction to it was I actually, I had to stand up for myself to this coach and say, we are not doing this. And I skated away from him. And I would normally never be disrespectful to a coach like that. But this coach was not being respectful to me and was not offering feedback in a way that I would ever be able to do anything constructive with it. This coach just basically wanted to have a fight with me. This is not the way to give feedback, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say with this story. But if somebody is communicating with you that badly, you probably should like I, I and I said it at a respectful volume I didn't fight with this person at all I just said we are not doing it like this and I skated away and I contacted whoop, I hit the microphone I contacted him later to have a follow-up conversation but I was not going to have it in the heat of the moment where things were going to be ridiculous because no one was going to grow from that and that's my story <laughs> hmm. would you like some like could I offer you a little bit of feedback on this story. Yes. How you? How are you doing? Well, now I'm all wound up from telling the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but so we're we're really separated from it, right? We can learn from it, right? Yeah. Okay. You are right in nearly everything about this story. But do you see a spot where you could have improved? Something you could have done differently. I could have tried to talk to the skater that I upset, but when? I was afraid of her at the time. When? After she had calmed down a little. Hmm. I think that what I would suggest was that what set her off, and yes or no, you knew she was an emotional one going into I this I knew practice. she had a temper. That's right. So, what could have happened differently... And what I wish could have happened differently, obviously I was there. I know the dynamics at the time between coaching and the team. Mm -hmm. But you said that this takeout hit was what the coach said not to do. And then the player proceeded to use takeout hits and kept doing it to the point that you felt you had to say something. And nobody else on the team was saying anything, right? Does that sound right? Yes. Okay. What I wish we could go back in time and do is take that player aside after the first or second takeout hit. Because they weren't all in the same jam. It was a pattern in practice, right? And nobody yes. was correcting the skater, right? It could have been done in between jams at any point by a coach or captain. Okay. Let's, but let's, I was a captain that I didn't feel like could approach this player because this player did not like me. Let's compare that to a situation that happened just a few years later, just okay. last season. Same team. Different people for the most part, but Completely similar dynamic. team. <laughs> Emotional skater uh -huh. getting hit. This time, this is the person who's getting hit, and it is the week before about again. And this skater feels incredibly uncomfortable with the amount of contact that they're taking. Mm -hmm. All right, they feel like it's far too physical out there. Now, this is an argument that will probably happen in practices in leagues all across the country in all kinds of ways, all over the world. 
How physical are you the week before a bout? How intense do the blockers have to be versus the jammers? And how intense do the jammers have to be versus the blockers while balancing not using up all that energy or causing anything that could be an injury, right? Mm -hmm. So this skater was uncomfortable with the hits they were taking the week before practice. Yes. So pulled every, like, I just saw an exchange that I really didn't like. I saw a skater kind of having a mouthy reaction to a blocker after a jam was called. All right. And the whole jam was kind of awkward. So this was an indicator to you that something was wrong and yep. something needed to change. I smelled something wrong. Uh, and I, I was at the practice from the story you told. There was something wrong that whole time. Oh, the whole practice so was... So I'm just saying the indicators were there. That yes. needs to be clear. So I picked up an indicator that we had a jammer who was very unhappy with the physicality of practice and a blocker who is a very nice person but throws big hits. And that blocker felt awkward, and I believe she exclaimed something like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. She's a veteran skater who throws big hits, and she's preparing for a game. So yes. she doesn't know how to treat people. So I called everybody to the center, and... I don't do this often. I don't believe that absolutely everything can be solved by having a big parlay powwow where we sit in a circle and talk. But I did have the jammer get out what they were thinking, and I had the blocker get out what they were thinking, and I reminded the jammer, it is okay if they do not want to play in this scrimmage today because their head isn't right for it, or they are that nervous, or they are not going to play their best. They are already on the roster. They are already trusted by their team. They do not have to play at this level. I reminded the block, I reminded the jammers that anybody who goes out there, that you get a certain amount of what you give. If you go 110%, a blocker has to go 110% to stop you. And that the and I checked, you know, do you want to keep playing today? Do you want to keep working on this today? We have a bout coming up. You know, after letting the skater who wasn't feeling that good about it say their piece. And most of the practice wanted to continue. Most of the players wanted to keep playing. That skater didn't. But I made it clear, we are not going to harp on the skater. Her spot is not in jeopardy. If she needs to go take some time for herself today, that is okay. You don't have to be out there taking these kind of hits if you don't feel good about it, and you never should. We didn't have an issue like that very often. For the, I, I think that was it. That was the only one, that was the the whole only year, one the whole year. Um, and from that point on, routinely at practice, I will have skaters take themselves out of drills or uh, high-contact scrimmages if they don't feel right for it. I will check on them, and if they say they just need a minute, that's fine. But I also always challenge them to push themselves harder when the time is right. I tell them it's not about their roster spot. I tell them I'm not disappointed in them. I tell them they have to do what's right for them. But keep challenging yourself. Don't let this become who you are. Don't settle for a person who won't do intense drills because I know you can do it. And I think that this has been vital to the team in that it's showing the skaters that everything you do at practice is your option to do. No one's forcing you to do anything. No one's forcing you to be here. You are electing to do this. We want you to push yourself as hard as you can. But if for any reason on this particular day that's not the best thing for you, then maybe it is better to ease up on this particular drill because anything could happen when your head isn't in the right space. That's right. And going back to the original story, I wish very early after those big hits that a coach or uh, some measure of leadership would have had. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it courage. I am very, very afraid when I have to pull my team to the middle 
with a big game coming up and talk feelings because I always feel like it could go the wrong way. And I always feel like I am a few words away from losing the trust of somebody on my team. I do not enjoy those things. So I'm going to call it courage. I hope, I wish somebody at that time had the courage to pull people together or pull that skater aside and explain why we need to do things differently right now and that it's not, it doesn't have to get worse than this. And I think that word really is the right word because what's the word I used when I was describing it to you? That I was afraid of that skater and what her reaction to me might be because I already knew she was not a fan of of what Jackie in that year had to offer the team. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I, I did not have the courage at that time, but I would hope that with everything I've learned in the years since then, that I would have a lot more courage now. And I feel I have a lot more courage now in interacting with people and approaching people, even those who might not be my number one fan. Um, so some last pointers for receiving the feedback. We've talked about like all the ways this could go horribly wrong. I know that this is a really long episode, but let's assume this person does have your best interests at heart. They're trying to communicate well. Maybe they do communicate really well. Maybe they've handed you a magic envelope. But with any feedback, you should just sit with it, digest it for a few days, just kind of let it marinate in your brain. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't assume you're a terrible player. Don't think that this person says you suck. Like, especially if they put it in writing, you can see exactly what they meant. Like, go back and read it again. And if you have any questions about the intent of anything they said, you can always ask. Yes, ask follow-up questions if, if you have them, please. Yes, if you ever have any doubts about your understanding or what the emotion behind it might have been, like a bad text message or something... That's when you got to have an in-person chat. Just make sure you understand and are on the same page because you don't want weirdness to be there between you and this person giving you feedback because they care a lot. Otherwise, they wouldn't be giving you feedback. <laughs> That's right. We all want what's best for the team. We're all going to try and do our best, and we're going to do our best based on our knowledge and our experiences. And that's all anyone can do. So let's get on to the end of the episode now uh thank you for listening this long this is one of our longest episodes and i want to do a quick reminder please subscribe rate and review on apple podcasts if you are an apple user those reviews really help a lot thank you so much to everyone who has already rated and reviewed the podcast like seriously it makes my day when i see a new review i see that and i'm just like oh my gosh someone's listening it's it's really nice and you guys have all been great she really does that Just i do so you know. i run over to him with the phone and i'm like oh, there's a new one uh because i'm a big nerd and that's okay um thank you everybody thank you and uh we've got a lot more spotify listeners now too anchor's been breaking it down for me hi spotify users thank hi. you to you too and um all you got to do if you're a review lead leave in person is just scroll and then punch some stars and then you can just write a sentence it doesn't have to be an anything special uh but i i would love to hear about you and what you think about the podcast what you'd like to hear more of you can follow our facebook page www.facebook.com power through fourth whistle you can find all our videos there we did a new one recently on bean dips that was really fun 
and we'll have another new video coming out this week. Watch for that. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at PowerForthWhistle. I uh, share videos on Instagram now too because I just learned how. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, email PowerForthWhistle at gmail.com. Send us a DM on any of the social stuff. Links and handles can be found in the show notes. And Coach Dan and Jackie Bauer have been talking about derby and sharing derby thoughts. Pew, pew. pew. Oh, you pew pewed with me. I did. Thank you for sharing your lasers of positivity with the world.